That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Morning, Mark. How are you, brother? Good to see you. Good to see you. Thanks. Uh, thanks for coming this morning. April third. Is that right? April third, two thousand twenty-two. Next week is Palm Sunday, and also it's one great hour of sharing. There's also in your orders of worship a list of everything that's going on this this month in April, and then. Um, we just got a bunch of these. It's flyers. And I'm firmly convinced that this local outpost, Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, exists not for ourselves, but for the people that are near us. Grab a stack of these and invite everybody you know. This is my third year as your pastor, going into your, my third year. This is my third Easter, my first one in this building. And I want to I celebrate like it's Easter, right? Amen? Is anybody awake yet? Okay, excellent. In lieu of a call to worship, I, I charged the congregants last week to say, uh, think about giving your testimony. Donna came up to me afterwards and said, I'd love to give my testimony. Donna, I'll hand it over to you. Testimony of Donna Patterson. Thank you all for being patient and your, your kindness. I know I still don't know many of you and haven't been very social, but my reasons for coming to this church are to worship Jesus and all his glory. Thank you for always making me feel welcome. I was married, had two daughters in an abusive relationship. After seven years, I managed to seek refuge in a women's shelter with my girls. But then a year later, my ex-husband worked the system and wound up with custody of my daughters and he never allowed me to see or talk to them again. The court system failed me. I lost all hope, had no self-worth, only to find abuse in, in my next relationships, and the one after that. I was then a functioning addict, depressed, and in the depths of despair, I couldn't even function or get out of bed without self-medication. No one I knew or could see my pain, and, and I hid it well. I had no family or support system other than my mom. My last hope was on Jesus, as I prayed many nights in desperation for help. And one day, enough was enough. Jesus filled me up, or pulled me up out of my pain. He gave me a reason to live. And thanks to him, I am now five years in my sobriety and have never looked back since. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I owe my life to him. I have since received many blessings, and with God's grace, peace, and joy has overwhelmed me and blessed me with my daughters and grandsons in my life now. Jesus was with me through hell and got me out. Jesus is with us all. Just open your heart, ask him. He will pull you up and heal you no matter what it is. Thank you, Jesus, in all of your glory. I love you. Amen. And just a short saying from Psalm 44 by the King of David. It speaks well for it. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire, 
He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. Let's stand and worship the risen Christ who changes lives for all of eternity. morning. I'll let the children stay in their seats today because today we have a video. Um, thank you guys for your donations to our love bags. Um, Everly and I went out this week and delivered most of them. There's a few left that we, we didn't get to and we'll be doing that this week. But I just wanted to kind of show where your guys' work is going um, and your donations in these bags and thanks to the kids who helped pack and prepare them and the cards that they made. Um, and all the love that was poured out into these bags. So um, without further ado, here's our little video. You have the bag. You 
And that's it. So thank you once again for uh, making that a huge success. We look forward to continuing doing it while we are still um, inside for some of us um, during this pandemic. But at this time, um, all the children are dismissed for Sunday school. I was part, I was part of the putting together the order of service for today. I got confused now. Okay. Uh, the hymn for today is called "Then Sings My Soul," and it's a very nice part phrase of uh, with different melody, but the same words as uh, as almost a heartbreak tower.
Wow, choir, thank you so much. That's a way to start the morning. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed are those whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Together let us confess our sins against God and neighbor. Gracious God, our sins are too heavy to carry, too real to hide, and too deep to undo. Forgive what our lips tremble to name, that our hearts can no longer bear, and what has become for us a consuming fire of judgment. Set us free from a past we cannot change. Open us to a future in which it can be changed, and grant us grace to grow more and more in your likeness and image. Through Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Amen. God is slow to anger and full of compassion. He forgives all who humbly repent and trust in his Savior, in his Son, our Savior and Lord. Hear the good news. In Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation, and we are forgiven. Please rise. take you back a few years. We used to do this when I first started in the church so many years ago because I'm ancient. Over the mountains and the sea, your river runs with love for me and I will open up my heart healer set me free. I'm happy to be in the truth, and I will daily lift my hands, for I will always sing of when your love came down the air. I can sing of your love forever. I can sing of your Let the healer set me free. 
drowned in storm what heights of love what depths of peace when fears are stilled when striving cease my comforter my all in all here in the love of Christ I stand
bought with the precious blood of Christ. No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ I stand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ I stand. Amen and amen. Whoa, is that me? Okay, thank you very much, Philip. Just picking you up right one last time right before I preach. We're in Galatians. We're studying it, right? On our way towards Easter. And the passage this morning is kind of a crescendo. It's, a, it's one of the peaks. If it was a symphony, it would be all instruments just going, you know, like doing its thing. But I'd love to ask the question as, before I read the text. Um, did you have a rite of passage into adulthood in your family? Dan says no, or Danny, sorry, brother. No, 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 I know that. I know it's better. I did. I did have a rite of passage. In my family, it was mowing the lawn. <laughs> and as I became a teenager, I had an older brother, and he was always out mowing the lawn. And then my dad one day said, Jason, you're on deck. You get out there and mow the lawn. And we lived in Massachusetts at the time on a hill. And I remember mowing the lawn and feeling proud. Um, keep that in your mind for a second. And then I'll read this text. Well, we'll read this text together. It's up on the screen. Or if you want to open in the Pew Bibles, I don't know what page number it is. If you have a Bible on your own, open it up to Galatians chapter 3. I'm going to start reading in verse 23. Now, before faith came, we were in prison and guarded under the law. Until faith would be revealed. Therefore, the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came, so that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to a disciplinarian. For in Christ, you are all children of God. For in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. As many of you, as many of you as were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Greek, there is no longer slave or free. 
There is no longer male and female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'm going to need this a little later. I'll put it back, Jeff. Um, you're good. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done for the day. Jeff's re- I'm retired. That's what Jeff just said. Um, I remember as I was becoming a, a man, you know, like I was going from teen to man, I remember one time I had acted I'd acted kind of out of place. Like I'd acted like a little kid. I don't remember what I'd done. I'd probably set a firework, for, firework off in the house or, uh, <laughs> you know, I'd just done something like childish and kind of stupid. And I remember my dad saying, you're back. You're back in the house. Chuck's going out. He's mowing the lawn. And I remember feeling like, Oh, I just, I I disappointed. I took steps backwards. Paul opens with describing this, in this text, he opens with, first of all, faith, it seems like, is a character, you know? When faith shows up on the scene, everything changes. And by faith, he means faith in Jesus the Christ. That's made apparent by all the stuff up to this point in this letter, Because he's not saying that Jews didn't have faith. Of course they had faith. But Jesus, there's this new faith along with this new Savior, this new Messiah, this new people group, children of Abraham, which we'll get to in a second. But he says, it was like you were children. And the law was your disciplinarian. The law was over you and di- disciplining you. And the word there in Greek, I wrote it down, pedagogos. And it was pretty much a tutor. It was most often a slave. A slave person we brought in and they would teach the children. But they would be harsh. And Paul is saying, Jesus showing up on the scene, going back to the law is like choosing to go back to your childhood and being trapped. Do you remember that when you were a child, that feeling of being trapped? No, nobody here in here has ever felt trapped as a kid. I can't wait to get out of here. I can't wait to be an adult. I can't wait to do this. Oh, if I had my, myself when I was that age and said, no, seriously, slow down and shut up. <laughs> it's way easier being a kid in certain ways. But Paul's type making the illustration. It's like going back and unlearning stuff, and it's willfully putting yourself in a foolish position where you need to relearn over and over. And he says, 
But think, faith in Christ changes it. Um, and that comes in verse 26. And when he says, let's read verse 26 again. For in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. Through faith in Christ Jesus. That's probably better translated by faith into Christ Jesus. It's the same verb in the, in the same form as John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believeth into, have faitheth into. This, I can say I have faith in this, in this stool. That's a head knowledge. That's not faith. This is, I have faith in this stool. This is, I have faith into this stool. If we believe into Christ Jesus, my most often time with students when I was a youth pastor and then college pastor people would continually I, like I, more often than not when, I was, when someone was scheduling some time to talk to me it was this question when have I done enough I'm tired of this I'm tired of this I'm tired of trying to please my parents I'm, trying to, I'm tired of trying to live this out. I'm tired of acting the right way, doing the right thing, and not doing the wrong thing. I'm tired, Jason. How do I get out of this? This passage is that good news. This book is that good news in that it climaxes in Jesus the Christ, and Jesus Christ is that good news. We are not trapped into trying harder. We're not trapped into outdoing the person to your right and to your left. Oh, I got up earlier and studied more Bible than you. We're not trapped into coming to church more often than everyone else. We're not trapped in trying to show off to each other. Huffman would always say, we're not trapped to being the varsity stud, like the, the player that everybody looks to. We're not trapped to that. This says you are freed from that by putting your faith into Jesus Christ. And as you're sitting here into Jesus Christ, this is how you know you're into Jesus Christ. One, you're baptized. And he talks about that in one of his other letters, about the a powerful s symbolism of going down with Jesus the Christ as he dies for our sins under the water and then coming back a new creation. And uh, Jason Griffiths, Jason Warren Griffiths, 2.0, right? I see some confused people. Has everybody ever heard this? Okay, good. 
just making sure. I like connection. You ever, has anybody met me? That's right. You guys know this. What's the other thing that you need that, that, that is proof? Like he actually goes and he describes what these, these people that are into Christ Jesus through faith look like. And he says, you're baptized. And then what else? You're clothed. You're clothed in Christ Jesus. You're clothed. It makes me think of Galatians 2.20. Right? Anybody else in here? Sword drill. How many people grew up in Sunday school and memorized Galatians 2.20? You guys knew John 3.16. A+. plus. I'm actually counteracting my sermon. I'm saying, you don't need to do anything. <laughs> and then I'm saying, what's this? <laughs> it's no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. Everybody heard of that? Right? That reminds me of that. You know, it's no longer Jason. It's like, when I put this robe on, and P.S., this is an act of love for you. Notice the sweat. Anybody close to you? In this, you you're in danger of being wet. It's like SeaWorld, okay? Because I, I put on this tent, but I put this tent on and I, 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 I pretend, or I, I clothe in Christ. Clothe in Christ. I don't think it's a bad idea to pause every once in a while and actually act this out. Put on Christ as you're leaving the house. Remind yourself that as you walk out that door, your faith in Christ has set you free from everything around here. And you have this armor. You have this shield. The Messiah it hits the Messiah before it hits you, right? And then he also says in, des- in describing, he says there's no Greek, no Gentile, no male, no female. What's he saying there? It's, not, it's simple, right? The ground at the foot of the cross is level. I may have an MDiv, I may have all this other stuff. I walk into this position. Everyone in here stands right next to me. You may feel more fallen than everybody else in the room. Incorrect. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. And he's saying this all before, and then he comes back to defining what we are as we're in. These are all kind of first descriptions, you know? Us of us, uh, as we're in Christ, we're baptized. We're clothed in Christ. There's There's no Jew, there's no Greek, No male, no female. We are one. 
So I want for this next part for all of us to come sit on this stool together. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a big stool. Uh, and then he comes back and he, he defines it. He's describing this and he's saying, this is what we're like. And as, if we look at the church right now, it doesn't look like that's what we're like, right? We're not doing the best job of being clothed in Christ. We're not doing the best job of humbling ourselves and all coming to the foot of the cross and seeing each other as the same. But then he gets real. He says, no, no. You put your faith into Christ. This isn't just playing church. This isn't just going through the motions. This is, I'm not speaking metaphorically. I'm not speaking like out here. As you're into Christ, you're of the sperma of Abraham. No joke. You are a child of Abraham. You're a member of this new kingdom community he's been talking about all throughout this letter. And you're a true child of Abraham. The man that God put his arm around is walking around the desert and says, you know, see all this sand? Your descendants are going to outnumber this. You look at the stars, your descendants are going to outnumber us. You picture back then. And Abraham's looking up and maybe God says, that's Roberta. That's Roberta Schmidt. That's Steve Atkins right there. That's Corey Allen. That's Sam Allen. Of course, that's weird. They're right next to each other. <laughs> and it's not pretend. It's not. It's real. And he says it even doubles down and starts. He unloads the waterfall. Like I said, it's crescendo. He says, Boom. Everything that God has will someday be yours. You're going to inherit it. Boom. You feel a waterfall? You feel it, Donna? I can see it by her face. She feels it. I don't know about everybody else, but there's a waterfall of blessing. Applications are simple, right? I think they're simple. Well, I don't know if they're simple. They're, they're easy, but profound. And yeah, he opens with a question. Do you want to be trapped like a child? Do you want to be trapped like a child and try and work your way into something that will never happen? If not, faith into Jesus. Clothe yourself with Jesus Christ. And he reminds us all, it's level ground right here. We walk into this, this room, Elaine and I received the same grace from Jesus the Christ, and we're standing right here. Donna, thanks for kicking off our service, right? With that straight reminder. And we're children of Abraham. We are one. Have that rolling around in your head. Just keep that as we uh, 
go towards this table. Um, Amen. We continue in worship. We continue to praise his name. Um, And we'll continue as we gather around this table and break bread together and drink of the cup as one. But now it's part of the service where we give back just a portion of what God has given to us. This is where we put our financial resources. A lot of us put tons of time, and that's just as, that's just as valid. But this is part of the service where we put our, our monetary resources and say, I want to be a part of this adventure. Count me in, Lord. This morning's offering and tithes are now received. Whenever we baptize a baby or a child here, one thing after the baptism is we'll take that child and walk 
down the aisles while we say the scripture. See what love the Father has for us that we should be called children of God. Mm. And so we are. We are children of God. And God calls his children to come to the table today, to come and be fed. This day is the fifth Sunday of Lent. And we are called to come to this table to gather around the bread that has been offered to us, the cup that has been poured out for us. But this day also sends us out as children of light, children of God, away from the table and into the world in search of those who hunger and thirst for what Christ gives to us. This is our quest to discern what to do with what we have been given and then to do it. This morning, you are invited to come to the table, to be fed, to be nourished by God the Father. Will you pray with me? You are holy, O God of majesty, and blessed is Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. As one of us, he knew our joys and sorrows and our struggles with temptation. He was like us in every way except sin. In him we see what you created us to be. Though blameless, he suffered willingly for our sin. Though innocent, he accepted death for the guilty. On the cross, he offered himself a perfect sacrifice for the life of the world. By his suffering and death, he freed us from sin and death. Risen from the grave, he leads us to the joy of new life. Remembering all your mighty and merciful acts, we take this bread and this wine from the gifts you have given us and celebrate with joy the redemption won for us in Jesus Christ. Accept this, our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, as a living and holy offering of ourselves, that our lives might proclaim the Christ crucified and risen. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these gifts of bread and wine, that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be the communion of the body and blood of Christ. As this bread is Christ's body for us, send us out to be the body of Christ in the world. Give us strength to serve you faithfully until the promised day of resurrection, when with the redeemed of all ages we will feast with you at your table in glory, through Christ, now and forever. Amen. The night he was betrayed, Jesus gathered with his followers. And after giving thanks, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, broken for you, for the forgiveness of sins. Take and eat and do so 
in remembrance of me. And so we, following Jesus' command, say, take and eat. This is the body of Christ, broken for you. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. Everyone who hungers, come to the table. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Take and eat from your pot. In the same way, after giving thanks, he, he, he lifted up the cup and he said, This is the cup of the new covenant. My blood shed for the forgiveness of your sins. And then Paul later adds in his letter to the Corinthian people, he says, as often as we eat this bread and we drink from this cup, we proclaim that we're one. I remember when I was taking my ordination exams, there's like nine things that this table represents. It's an outward sign of an inward reality. And I remember one of them being that text which I just preached on. In the Hebrew, it's echad. We are echad. Everybody say echad. That's a good guttural. But we're one. Him paying for our sins made us one. Him pouring out his blood and breaking his body on our behalf made us one. I was quoting Paul, I think. As often as we eat this bread and we drink this cup, we're one. And we also proclaim, we're also saying to the world, Jesus has paid for our sins. And we're also saying, he's coming back for each and every one of us. So take, drink this cup, and remember, Christ is king. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, we thank you for this time where we gather around your table. And we remember once again that you paid for all of our sins, past, present, and future. And as we make our way towards Easter celebration, We proclaim we are one, but we also ask, help us be one. Help us, equip us, by your spirit flow through us. May the world know through the love of the people in this room that you are real.
And all God's people said, Amen. Please stand for the benediction. And don't forget to get a bunch of these flyers and hand them to everybody. I'm going to find one here. I'm going to hand one to Elaine right there. And right after this service, we'll be in the fellowship hall celebrating the retirement of the, the woman, the myth, the legend, <laughs> Elsie Hara. Actually, just give one clap right now. One, two, three. That's for you, Elsie. And we're going to continue to celebrate. This is your, this is your retirement month. Her feet don't touch the ground, gentlemen. I'm going to carry her up. No, I'm just kidding. Receive the benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your heart and your mind today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom.